0: You're listening to The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Hello, Parking Podcast listeners. This is Stephanie Rouse. And Jennifer Hyatt. Of the Booked on Planning Podcast. Given your interest in a subject tied closely to urban planning and design... We wanted to share with you the Booked on Planning podcast, a show where we interview authors of planning and urban design books, like the episode with Donald Shoup in season one, episode 19, covering the high cost of free parking. From transportation to housing and everything in between, I'm sure we have an episode or two that will pique your interest. Check out Booked on Planning wherever you listen to podcasts or head over to the website at bookedonplanning.com. This episode is brought to you by Pave Mobility. Pave Mobility is the leader in automated parking enforcement. Pave installs fixed LPR cameras at no charge to you or your operation. Pave then captures parkers who did not make a payment or are not on a credential list and sends them a notice in the mail. Learn why so many asset owners and operators are switching over to Pave at pavemobility.com or you can just message me. I'd love to get involved and personally help with your account. Parking Podcast is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association for professionals in parking, mobility, and transportation. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Just wanted to drop a quick word that we have some really cool t-shirts and other merch for sale that help support the podcast and make you look really, really cool. Check them out at parkingcast.com/swag or click the link in the show notes. Welcome back to another episode of the Parking Podcast. With us today is Levy Sudak, co-founder at Pave Mobility. How are you doing today, Levy?
1: I'm doing well, Isaiah. Thanks for having me. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Thanks for uh, joining the show. Really wanted to uh, get you on the podcast because I think you have a great story and. Um, Uh, crossing many continents. So let's talk about that. How did you get into parking?
1: So uh, I started when I was, well, when I was eight years old, my dad started a parking company and his big idea was to use license plate recognition cameras for parking enforcement. Now, I wasn't always so proud of my dad's profession because no one wants to be the parking enforcement kid. (laughs) But then... When I was um, about 19 years old, I think, I got towed in LA. Um, So I went to like 5.30 in the morning. I went to a Black Friday sale parked opposite the Beverly Center in a strip mall. And I was like, okay, that little strip mall isn't being used right now. So I thought I'd be fine. And when I got back to my car, it was gone and it was towed. So I figured, you know what? My dad's ticketing um, company is a lot better than getting towed or booted. Yeah. thought. You know what? He's actually doing something that helps not only the industry but also the drivers. And I figured it would be a good thing for me to try to promote in the U.S. And that's when I decided that I was going to open a parking company. It took me a couple years to
0: get there, and then um, I started like four years later. The prodigal son returned. You wanted nothing to do with it, and then then just came back wanting everything. That's crazy. And did your dad? Did he start this in Europe? Did he? Was he just one of several that do that kind of what was the kind of trailblazing with that? And what was this company called?
1: Yeah, so he started a company called Ranger Services. And he, you know, as far as I know, is the one that started um using license plate recognition for parking enforcement. He was um the first person I know that did this. You know, pretty quickly, competition started in in the u k. and it became a really developed market. So it went through a whole evolution to. Getting, you know, legislation wise became a lot more developed. The product became a lot more developed, and it's now a whole booming ecosystem in the UK. Um, wow. So we're a little bit behind over here, but um,
0: I'm very proud to have taken part in moving this forward. So you say, okay, I'm going to do this in the United States, and your car gets towed. And so you, I'm assuming you you start your own company. Um, what were some of the challenges? Like, how did you? How did you take this idea to making your your first sale and having the technology to to uh, mail out notices using license plate recognition?
1: So uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun journey, a hard journey, um, a great journey. Like lots of challenges, lots of rewards. Um, started out knowing that you know what if it works in England, it's very high likelihood that it would work in the U.S. My dad's sold his company 2012 or so, you know, I came here, I didn't have, I wasn't able to lean on that. Um, and I figured, you know what, I know the industry, so I'll be able to easily sell and um, push this product forward. Little did I realize that you need to, there's a lot more skills that you need to have besides for knowing the idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, need to know, you need to know how to pitch, how to raise money, how to develop technology, how to bring people into your vision. So, uh, you know, it took me for the first Six months, I was just banging on doors and getting a lot of no's and a lot of people saying, Hey, it worked in England, but it won't work in it, in America. And you know part of that was that I didn't know how to pitch very well. Um, and then part of it was that I was pitching to the wrong industry. So um, hmm. my the way I looked at it originally was that if you have a parking problem, you're an apartment owner, you're a store owner, and people are using your customers' spaces. I figured, you know you don't want them to use your space, and you would want some sort of you know measure to stop people from parking there. and those are the people I was pitching. But the decision makers in those industries weren't focusing on parking, so I was kind of pitching to the wrong people. Um, you know, you tell them parking if they're not if it's not about their core business, they weren't really interested in in changing the status quo, so they were very happy with the yeah. their status quo towing or booting, what really was the game changers, when I realized that I should pitch to the parking industry, Um, people that the decision makers are focusing on, on creating extra dollars from their parking asset, Um, not and, you know, their whole focus was, was parking. Hmm. So as soon as I pitched, I pivoted to that, I was able to find some customers by trade shows, um, that was the most effective thing for me. And just, you know, getting in front of people and saying, Hey, you know, I'm Levy, I come from the UK, this is how parking is done over there. Let's do this over here as well. And let me help you make more money out of your parking, become less punitive to your violators, um, more efficient and more effective. And as soon as I moved to the parking industry, I was able to get, um, you know, get some sales and people were very interested. Now the challenge was integrating with some of the, uh, you know, some of the payment providers. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know i came in and i telling you know you got to connect they had pay stations, and um, they're not very interested in just integrating with nobody so when i started my first couple sites i had to manually get the logs and manually you know i would you know the reports would come with a pdf um, they didn't have an excel version so i would send that to an email address which would ocr the pdf and then i would get the data Um, and then be able to process it so there was a lot of journey there was it was you know it was hard to get break into the industry um the big changer was when i partnered with uh, andrew beachler who was first a customer um and he was ready to blow this thing up once he saw how effective it was on his parking lots that he was helping um he, he had an enforcement company and he realized how this is so much better than what he was doing before um and he opened a lot of doors and helped me integrate and you know, we ended up partnering uh, afterwards and
0: really pushing this forward together. It's um, so a big blessing. Well, so let's take a step back. Where you did you kind of sell this and then get a handshake deal and say, okay, now I got to create a product, or did you raise money first, create the product, and then started yeah. pitching that kind of, or was it kind of going on at the same time? How did that work? I'm sure you had the the idea and the vision to share based on you know your experience with your dad's uh, technology, but you, you can't use that. You got to start from scratch. So did you build the product first or start knocking on doors first?
1: Yeah. So as any entrepreneur knows, there's a, a, you've got a bit of a chicken and egg scenario. Um, Do you, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And you know, what comes first, your fundraising or your customers, the funders don't want to fund you before your customers, you don't really have something to sell before you could fund the product. So I would say I was, I was balancing that the whole time at the same time so the the product is always evolving and I would never say that I'm ever going to be finished building the product and you know you always need to evolve and you always need to get better so as you're selling you're always building but to get started I you know had I had the first programmer build a very basic proof of concept that I was able to show people but it didn't have a lot of it was very it wasn't scalable so you know we would spend a lot of time manually piecing everything together but it didn't really matter to my customer um who just cared about having 24/7 enforcement so everything that i was able that anything that would be expensive to develop to develop at first i didn't develop until i was able to get you know my first couple customers and then i was able to raise some funds once people saw that i actually had income coming in and people were buying this um then i was able to get funding to you know build some things that allow you to scale i was inspired by well, YC, um, it's called Y Combinator. They're the largest incubator. They have a ton of free resources that help entrepreneurs. Uh, they invented something called the SAFE, which is kind of a template for fundraising. Um, and they've got just a ton of information for entrepreneurs. And one of the, one of the there was a, an article that they had, and the title is Do Things That Don't Scale. And scaling is where you need to spend your money, being able to actually make it cost effective cost-effective product and Mm -hmm. in the beginning you don't need to worry about that all you need to think about is servicing your customers and making them happy even if it takes so much more work on the back end and it's a lot more expensive for you on the day-to-day operations but then only once you kind of hit that product market fit and you know people are interested and you know the features you need to build for your customers you invest in scaling and that's the approach i took
0: wow so okay so and and how did you how did you raise money to kind of build the product was that um, savings or friends and family or before so, you you met with Andrews?
1: So it was a lot, um, a lot of knocking on doors. It was friends and family. My first to just get the product, um, my like for my basic product, I raised sixty thousand dollars from six people. They gave me ten thousand dollars each, and that's how I was able to you know get my foot in the door and build the most basic shell, um, that wasn't scalable at all. Um, and then, you know, thankfully, I was introduced to someone that was a that that once site he saw the vision and saw that we were getting revenue. he invested another half a million dollars into the company um to help me scale and bring in you know technology and to hire software developers, etc. And then, after that, we you know i after I partnered with Andrew and I was selling him the product, um he ended up just merging and and his company funded the rest of the growth.
0: Wow, and I'm assuming all these friends and families they they were made whole plus more, right? they they their their yeah. investment paid off they're all they're all very happy they've made <laughs> yeah. they
1: you know at least currently their value is more than ten x what they put in oh wow, in.
0: that's so great. But did you have any kind of this isn't going to work? and I'm you know, discouraged, and you had your ups and downs, I'm assuming, as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, when, when you start everything to know, your customers, fundraising, everyone's just there, people are just programmed to be skeptical and just to accept the status quo. So, you know, when you're pitching at first, you're hearing so much no, not only because people are accepting the status quo, but also you don't know how to pitch, or right? At least I didn't know how to pitch. So, you know, every, every rejection, I kind of fine tune my pitch, and I would learn for the next person how to actually give another pitch, which is a little bit better. Um, and then also just people naturally aren't interested, just people are skeptical of innovation, so much innovation fails. And, you know, you need to be lucky to, you know, hit the right one. And rightfully so people were skeptical at first until I had something to prove. So yeah, there's a lot of rejection. Now everybody is that I speak to says, Oh, where were you when you were fundraising? Originally, I wish I would have invested. Yeah. It was a short <laughs> yeah. thing. But I could tell you a lot of those people wouldn't have said that when I was fundraising right at the beginning because yeah. I wasn't as sure. I was, you know, a young entrepreneur right out of school, you know, thinking I could take on the world. And you know, it's it's something. It's a big hurdle, um, and it's a lot more challenging than I realized. So people had the right to be skeptical, um, and I thank the people that invested and believed in my vision very early on.
0: And that's got to feel so good, uh, you know, when company sells or merges or whatever, to be able to say here here's your 10x payment. Thank you for your faith in me. And I don't know. Yeah. and
1: It's very, it's very special. You know, I had a few peaks in this, uh, in this entrepreneurial journey. I think the first, the first sale, I was literally got, I went to a regional parking conference in Houston. The parking lot was in Fort Worth, Texas. It was just about a three hour drive, drove up, saw the parking lot. And then when We did the deal and, you know, the client said he's going to he's going to actually that we're ready to go and uh, sent me a contract. I was literally singing for three hours. It was it was really exciting (laughs) Um, Oh, That's great, man. The first payment was also extremely exciting. I remember I was in bed and it's like 1030 and I got the first payment come in and that was after it was like I sent out my first notice and it took time to get into the mail. And it was like a week later. And I was like, "This thing isn't working. Nobody's paying for a week." I was always looking when our payments going to start coming in. And when I got my first payment, I was in bed, and I I got so excited. I called up a friend, and I was like, "You know what? I just got my first payment. Could you come out with me for drinks?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to celebrate with you." Uh, um, <laughs> um, oh, that's
0: so cool, man. Uh,
1: so I, there, yeah, there are a lot of good moments, a lot of a lot of challenges, but then a lot of really special highs.
0: I got. I want to talk about another special high. time about some of the. You know anniversary parties but first let's so let's take a step back so yeah you have friends family invest you're you're getting customers it's it's going pretty well but again you're not thinking about scaling or anything but one of your customers is an entrepreneur himself andrew the legend the wonderful andrew have uh, really enjoyed getting to know him so he sees kind of what your technology is doing and his lots and says this is pretty special let's let's form a partnership so you guys kind of create what becomes pave mobility you bring on fred some other great people and then now it's you know you're starting to see it spread like wildfire and you we're talking about that where maybe your one year anniversary you have one or two employees and now you just had our fifth year anniversary party and you know I don't know there's 50 70 people at this party kind of what's that like? You know, just thinking, wow, I, I, you know, you had a lot of friends along the way and help along the way, but just say, wow, I, I created, this came from my brain to this. That's gotta be pretty special.
1: No, it's a very special feeling. It's a, it's a humbling feeling as well. Cause you know, there's a lot of pieces that had to fall into place and, you know, even with the same amount of work I put in, I could have, you know, it couldn't, it could have not turned out this way. So it's, it's very special every time I'm by a, a conference and I see our booth doubling in size or, you know, we do a, um, a party for in the office and we see the employee count double in size. And um, it's always special to see, you know, how many people are involved in in your vision and how many, you know, how many people your work sustains also and how many families you're feeding. But also how many people are along with you in your journey and coming back from the, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, just showing up by myself to the parking conferences and just suitcasing and saying, Hey, I'm Levy. This is my product and having nobody involved to being here um just five years later with, you know, over 70 people mm-hmm. at our last at our lost party. It was really
0: it was really special.
1: Um, and my so family was- is
0: one of those families you're feeding Levy. So I want to say thank you because as some listeners know, I now work for pay mobility. Uh, So thank thank you as well.
1: And we're very lucky to have you.
0: We don't take that for granted. Thank you. All right, Levy, we are running out of time, but I do have uh, one last question. So if you could give uh, one piece of advice for an entrepreneur out there, young entrepreneur has an idea, starting their own company, kind of based on what you learned going through this whole process, what advice would you give that customer?
1: Everything should be focused on providing value to customers and making sure you're targeting the customers, you could provide the most value to. Mm. Um, So I see people focusing on features and how I could create something really exciting, but they don't have the customer in mind. And I think that's a mistake. It's going to be hard to get uh, people to buy into your product. And you could be focusing on the wrong features for the wrong customers. You need to really define the customer um, and just focus on providing them as much value as you can. And you should focus on the right customer, and making sure that it's a customer that you're providing the most value to, and not just incremental value. Um, for example, in my business journey, I was pitching, you know, restaurant owners, shopping malls. That I was trying to tell them, "Hey, I'm going to take care of your parking problem." They weren't focusing on that, and I was only providing very little value to them. So nobody, you know, bit the product, and nobody, you know, hired me until I focused on the parking industry, and then people were more interested. Um, people were excited to get a little bit extra revenue. And, you know, people were supporting me and I was able to get a few customers like that. But then when I really blew up, and what was the real game changer is when I sold to the parking enforcement industry, where I wasn't providing them with incremental value, I wasn't, you know, increasing the revenue by five or 10%. I was 5Xing the revenue and giving Mm -hmm. them an entirely new product to sell. Um, That's when I was really able to find partners to help me blow up my vision um and that's the that's the market segment that i was providing the most value to so always focus on who you're providing the most value to and just focus on providing value to customers and then they're going to come and you'll, you're going to be able to create a
0: business man that's great stuff lovey and i think you're you're spot on and kind of what's next you know what company uh you know doing well again just had the 5 year anniversary you know, what? what's the future for PAVE or the future for you look like? Future of the industry, kind of, I don't know, what do what you think so, lies ahead? We're
1: constantly innovating, um, constantly growing. You know, Isaiah, you're a big part of our, our next journey, focusing on municipal parking management and um, helping us in that vertical. Um, we've also, you know, there's a lot of innovation we're doing in increasing the payment rate, making sure that people don't ignore the notices on private lots, whether that's through um, litigation through secondary enforcement, we just have a product called Pave Dispatch, which you know helps us alert tow truck companies to scoff laws on any of our notices. So that's you know helping us increase our payment rate, as well as you know other innovations that we're doing in solar uh, solar camera um LPR that helps us you know install our cameras in more parking lots, so doing a lot more analytics and tracking um, and just a lot. There's just so much to innovate and never ends. And, you know, we see the roadmap is just getting ever larger and we're crunching through that roadmap and bringing our customers more value. Um, And that journey never stops.
0: Oh, that's great. And then how can listeners uh, learn more or follow along with what's going on with uh, your company, Pay Mobility?
1: So uh, we're pretty active on uh, LinkedIn as a great platform that, um, our marketing team has been focusing on. You could always follow us on our website, pavemobility.com. Uh, you could reach out to uh, myself, Isaiah. Um, anyone on the team would be happy to give you some time to uh, tell you more about our products.
0: Yeah, and I'll put that information in the show notes. And Levy, when you are not parking cars, what do you like to do for fun?
1: I always love helping entrepreneurs. So I spend time uh, listening to ideas that entrepreneurs have. Potentially investing in some entrepreneurs, so I haven't made an angel investment yet, but I I really like to help entrepreneurs learn from my journey and avoid some of the mistakes that I would have made and you know progress a little bit further and a little bit quicker than I would have done. So that I always find that extremely rewarding. I also bike for fun. So in the mornings I bike um, with a group, and when I do that I. My mental health is so much better. Oh yeah, um, and I could focus so much more. So that's always something that I try to do.
0: No, that's great. I, I know Fred, who worked for Pave, was on the podcast. He also mentioned his fun fact is biking. So that's uh maybe, yeah. maybe something to that the Pave bike team. Yitzhak, Fred, yeah, you and a me. A that's pro. a that's a that's a good team right there. Oh, and actually, man.
1: Yitzhak was um, one one of my investors. was a big biker as well, and he told me, "Hey, you gotta hire Yitzhak." So that's how he he uh-huh. actually was hired through biking. So
0: oh, that's uh, well, yeah. Great. So Yitzhak works in our implementation team. He's wonderful, but he's a he's a great biker working for Pay and Mobility. But man, Levy, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for creating this company, having the vision, so that I can have a nice, steady job and work for a great company with a great culture. Thanks for joining the podcast. Have a great week.
1: Thanks, Isaiah, for having me, and thanks for joining the team. It's been incredible to work with you.
0: This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker's Solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcast. This episode is brought to you by RiseTech. RiseTech's Verge data analytics and reporting platform delivers a powerful management solution with integration to your existing technologies. I've actually seen this, and it's pretty cool. I hope you check it out. Learn why some of the largest cities in the United States, such as New York City, are using RISE Tech to solve their parking and transportation challenges at risetechglobal.com forward slash parking podcast. This episode is brought to you by Tez Technology. Since 1993, Tez has developed innovative tech-based mobile solutions designed to streamline operations, increase efficiency, and improve overall customer experiences. My favorite is the ability to pay for parking without having to download an app. Tez solutions includes SMS valet, text to park, permit to park, and much more. I think every organization or city or university should be adding Tez to their payment options arsenal. Learn more about Tez at tezhq.com.